Um, but I I did watch some movies. Um, it's wow, it's so few since the last week, since the last time we podcasted. Weird. That's it's not like you, dude. It's like literally the the past uh, week was three movies. Two of them were rewatches. Um, the one that was a new watch uh, was a recent movie uh, called. It Chapter Two. I don't know if you ever saw oh. It Two. Nope, only I've seen It One. Yeah, but not It Two. I yeah, I mean I I've wanted to see It Two for a while because <laughs> you know it it was such a big movie. It it was such a big movie. It's so <laughs> weird to say. Um, and because they add this giant cast for them as adults, so you have uh, Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, and Hater, and most importantly, Bill Hader. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm not like uh, the I'm not like the biggest fan of the first one. I think it's a good movie. I yeah, think it's solid. But I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was solid. There's people who are like I don't dislike it in any way, but there are people who are like religious about it. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I'm just not on that level at all. So I like I know for instance like my brother saw this movie. Uh, it to uh, like opening night in the theater i, I was not there <laughs> and then i was like <laughs> and then i didn't see it at all in the theaters and i was like i can wait um so it's mm-hmm. taken this long and the movie is so long uh John, really it's so long it's <laughs> 160 how long is it <laughs> i'll tell you <laughs> it's uh 169 <laughs> minutes of movie Jesus, like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, that's two and a half hours, right? It's not. That's uh, not three hours. I th- oh, the wait. I think it's almost, almost three, three hours. hours. It's like when the runtime. Oh my god! Like, yeah, yeah. It's a. It's eleven minutes short of three hours. It's ridiculously long. Yeah. Wow. What? Yeah, it's which is weird, right? It, like that is, that is so weird because isn't. So isn't the original it that was like the TV movie wasn't that sort of combined um combined the book Yeah, I thought it was like it chapter it the first it movie and it chapter 2 is like combined what the old one was. Um and I wonder if that was even less than, It's 192 minutes the old, the old ones. Dang. From 1990. That's pretty wow. pretty fucking long. Yeah, that's super. It's quite a lot of a horror horror clown movie, and this and the original it d- doesn't uh, look like. I, I I assume that the modern one is superior. <laughs> so like, it's like if I don't. Nah, I'm definitely not watching the 1990 it. I've only seen parts of it, um, so yeah, I can't. Yeah, can't speak to that. Um, but but anyways, it too has <laughs> like a lot of good things in it, like. I think quality wise, it's the same as uh, the first it. And then you just happen to have like this really likable cast that you can easily, you know, just get on with like James McAvoy does the stutter of the fir- of the first kid, you know, the kid with the stutter mm-hmm. and uh, Jessica, Jessica Chastain's the strong redhead girl who has uh, love triangles with multiple guys in the group, I'm pretty sure. Um, and Hater plays that dude with the glasses. And so there's a lot of uh, comedic moments that just come very easily with Hater there. 
um mm. especially when he's um when he's running away from things uh and just screaming it's always funny when they do the close-up <laughs> on hater running away from uh, pennywise um also there are some horror scenes that are just like unreal uh just like there's so many horrific scenes that just make this like with special effects and uh that just make this a perfect movie to watch with a group of people because uh, yeah because you it, there's just so many of them there's just so many of them that are you're like oh my god that is crazy <laughs> you're like that is a horrifying <laughs> horrifying thing that just yeah and violent just violence and just yeah, yeah. scary shit <laughs> you know in this genuinely scared by the first one yeah there's a lot of and yeah, this one has a lot of like scary scenes but the problem with the, as a whole i just didn't think this movie worked as well um as the fir- as the first one and also the biggest thing is just that it is so damn long and it yeah. has no i don't think it has any right to be this long um and it ta- it just kind of, yeah you fall out of it like there's like a mm-hmm. a scene a horror scene that is like a metaphor for everyone's arc for every single kid's arc in the show in the movie and it's just mm-hmm. like them you know um remembering something from their childhood and that thing from their childhood ends up being some scary ass thing that ends up trying to kill them and they do one for every person and it lasts like it each one is over 10 minutes and that is just a small segment of the movie but i just remember that what that segment going on for so long and in a way it's done really well because all the scenes are really scary and uh really characterize everybody but yet, yet it's just like so long that you're just like okay come on wow yeah i was definitely interested in seeing it because uh i did like the first one but i don't really know if i care to sit for three hours yeah. and watch yeah chapter two like like i didn't it's like it i didn't like the first one yeah. that much that i would watch three it's hours like of it. it's like a yeah. good movie but i felt myself overstays its i felt welcome. myself waiting a lot i was like all right really yeah. this thing's like still going we always oh, still have an hour and a half of this and then okay. it has like <laughs> actually has a return of the king style ending too <laughs> where it just goes on and they keep wrapping never, never they keep ends. wrapping things up yeah it's almost they act like the it the it uh series or whatever the it movies have been going on for so long when they really haven't mm-hmm. they're fresh very new wow yeah, they just, yeah yeah i don't know uh, it was cool to see how big of like an event the first one was because mm-hmm it's obviously something that people really love like there's huge fan base for it but uh yeah i don't know as someone who's not super into it i'm yeah i'm not really sure if i'll check it out yeah if it's ever on tv i'll probably watch a little bit of it but i don't think it's like our our type of horror either in a way Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i think we yeah i think we like we have fun with it we appreciate it but i think we're more we're into uh more of the psychological horror type or atmospheric horror type yeah for sure yeah is that the only thing you've seen (laughs) dude that's the only new movie i've watched in the past week it feels really uh wow yeah it feels weird so i I got i'm looking at my letterbox now and i also 
I haven't watched a new movie since our last. Oh, you just done rewatch episode. I've, I've rewatched three movies that I all give five stars. To. So we both watched three movies. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Okay. All right. So we're on the same yeah. page. Yeah. Same page. Yeah, I rewatched Fargo, Napoleon yeah. Dynamite, yeah. and Uncut Gems. Yeah. yeah three movies that I Napoleon love. Napoleon so. Dynamite is. Uh, it's totally a five star, isn't it? Oh my god! I haven't seen it in probably, uh, probably almost yeah, ten. It years. holds up incredibly, doesn't it? It's like it's it so does, and I didn't think it would either. Yeah, for such a weird movie that like that probably a lot of people don't understand or like hate on, like, and then you just end up watching it over and over as a kid for some reason and remembering everything. Yeah, yeah. as an adult, I was like, this movie is actually amazing. Yeah, this is a great. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting to watch it. Like I was honestly, um, I was just scrolling through, scrolling through channels on YouTube TV, and it was on, and it, it had like just started. So I was like, oh, let, I'll catch a little bit of this to see how much I, I, I still like it because I haven't seen it in so long. And then I was just hooked, mm. and yeah, I watched the whole thing, and still so good. yeah, it is yeah, yeah it's awesome. It's very heart genuinely surprised movie. me. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's not just like a goof. It's like pretty heartwarming and relatable weirdly yeah it is it's uh so no spoilers but uh i might be talking about it uh again later in this episode oh okay but uh <laughs> but it's it's honestly like the ending was so uplifting yeah because yeah. yeah the past few weeks i've been it's been kind of it's it's been tough mentally just in quarantine but the end of napoleon yeah. dynamite is one of the most uplifting uh you know moments that i've seen in a movie in a while it's it's like weirdly like such a brilliant movie (laughs) yeah napoleon dynamite (laughs) yeah of all movies yeah but that's my uh that's been my watch list the past week but uh for this episode we're going back to scores and soundtracks which uh, as anyone who has listened to this podcast knows, we're big fans of scores and soundtracks. So we're doing another top five for each. You did top five scores and top five soundtracks. Yeah, I, I right? did it kind of. Um, I did it kind of loose. Um, I I didn't really like rank them really, and I didn't really have any uh, rule. I didn't ha- have many rules really on what I did. <sighs> This guy doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> <laughs> He's a loose cannon podcaster <laughs> who doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> Here, I, so need to, my I need to plug in my phone. My oh, okay. list is on my phone, and it's, like, dying right now. My phone's, like, stuttering. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a dual monitor set up right now, so I'm... Oh, man, you're just I'm well so set. prepared. Oh, yeah. Professional right here. I'm just going to I'm just going to ramble while Luke's plugging his phone in. But uh, uh scores and soundtracks. So soundtracks can be a little uh murky because uh some of my soundtracks are kind of a mix of both scores. I I've just been rambling since when you were getting your uh, <laughs> your phone ready. I know my scores are going to be better than Luke's soundtrack, yeah. that's for sure. I was just shit talking. I was just shit talking all of you. Luke's soundtracks yeah. are always bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even really but soundtracks. They're scores. That's not a soundtrack. Get it? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> this guy's a phony. 
uh i was just talking about that though like so my soundtracks are like they're pretty much all half except for maybe one oh, yeah, or two yeah, yeah. they're I all like those half scores half soundtracks so, but then my scores are all 100 percent scores i think so i'm gonna i'm gonna give an update so my phone Actually, that's is probably a dead lie. and it's currently charging and my list is on there so i remember some of it oh my god and we'll we're gonna have to wait for some of it to recharge for me to have okay. the whole list but i'll be able to recite it from uh just straight uh old-fashioned wow. memory for now uh oh probably God. most of it we'll see how well i do you know as if this episode didn't already have enough tension and suspense yeah you have to you throw this in the mix i know right man okay i can well i, I mean i start off the list i guess yeah yeah go ahead and start off uh off the top of your dome all right what you can remember from your well, list. which one should i even start with because i didn't like order them I'll start. Right, I'll start with an obvious. Whichever one, one you can remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I remember? All right, I'll, I'll start with. Um, I'll start with one that's like an obvious one, uh, and one that you'll relate to. Um, so as I said, I did not follow the rules of this oh, man. because my first one is in fact two movie scores. Oh my god! In one. Um, and th- I with no regard for human yeah, life. I picked them both yeah. because they are both uh, Brian De Palma movies. Uh, oh so I, yeah! I decided I'd like to uh, just bring up the salute the scores of Blowout and Carrie because um, they are mm. just both so great. And um, I a lot of how I went off this is just like this past year like what I have been listening to um, from movies and carry and blow out like this past year um, has just all has just, I was listening to it the year before and I just kept going. Um, And so I I always just like, will bring up like a clip or something of like, uh, of like, like, like the scene where in Carrie, where he, she's dancing with, um, her date for the first time, because like, I just like the music is so good and the songs get stuck in my head and I just want to watch it over and over again. Carrie, we're here and we're together and I like it. <laughs> I do. I like it. but i think both scores are just like very uh contribute a lot to every scene of the movie and um especially just like the uh the tragedy of both movies um Mm-hmm. And I think they're a huge reason why uh, both movies just stick in my head, stick in my head, and I want to uh, watch them over and over again because the soundtracks, I mean, the scores are so smooth. Yes, yeah, I am. I'm mad. I'm beside myself right now that I didn't pick Blowout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The oh, that's yeah, that's such a great score obviously i'd love to carry yeah, one too the, the score for the for like um the the good scream part is just so great yeah. uh, it just like helps hit it home and 
and the score at, like the beginning of Carrie when like they just start in the locker room is so great as well. Yes. Yeah. Just so so yeah. much memorable music in those movies like uh yeah, that just create very classic scenes. Yeah, I, I love the love the blowout like main theme. Yeah. Uh, so much. Who who uh, did both of those scores? <laughs> I don't know. You know, actually, I did. I, since I, I have uh, I have my computer up, I can pull that up. Blowout movie. Blowout was Pino Doni Doni Donigio. Sadly, they're both. Uh, also, both these scores are not on Spotify, which sucks. So you always gotta pull them, mm. like we. YouTube. Yeah, weirdly for like today's times, and Pino Donaggio did carry too. Oh wow! So he's a legend, basically. Pino Donaggio. Yeah. So everyone, uh, everyone. Great to palm. Everyone, get him in so. your head. Yeah, if you don't know the name, now you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Now I, since I've rewatched all these uh, like five star movies for me lately, now I've got to watch Blowout and Carrie again. It's fun to go on uh, a run of uh, rewatching five star movies because you're you're never mm-hmm. disappointed and you're just like get used to you get used to perfection so much that you're like, why uh, would I do anything but? I'll just yeah. <laughs> I should just watch Blowout on repeat. <laughs> yeah. That's I, well, I was about to say, what did you watch last? What was the last? Oh, yeah, Uncut Gems. Why would I watch anything else yeah. like that shit? God, yeah. That's... Man, that, those are some good picks. I'm not I'm not upset at all that you went with a double. <laughs> a double whammy. Double whammy, yeah. yeah whammy. A double pino. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What is that from? Is that Step Brothers? <laughs> that's Anchorman. Anchorman, yeah, yeah, whammy, yeah. Okay. R.I.P. to Fred so Willard. Oh yeah, another great, great person in the in the film industry passed away. Um, so that's technically your number five, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But an asterisk because they're not in any order. <laughs> um, so mine are in an order, but it's 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 a very loose order because I I just decided very quickly with my gut. Okay. Um, but I, my, so my number five score is, um, a score by Jan Tiersen, who I didn't know his name until now, but, uh, he did the score for Amelie, which is a, uh, a delightful little score. So Amelie is uh, is obviously this weird, quirky French movie. Everyone, I feel like, has seen the image of uh, Audrey Tateau, um, like, like looking at the camera, and there's this green background. But the uh, the score for Amelie is a really nice French score, and I I definitely went through my phase um, after I um, got to go to France. 
for the first time and i got i got in this phase of wanting to watch like these like quirky french movies with um you know a lot of accordion yeah and, like, gypsy jazz music yeah like a lot of uh, sax. So it has a lot of that yep a lot of sax too and uh yeah and this this movie has a lot of it and it there's also a lot of parts of it that are very like physical and it's almost like a silent uh a silent film at times and it's just like mm. it's amelie and I'll so be, it drives I'll the characters. movie forward a lot and yeah, yeah. It, exactly musical it's in like a way amelie and and all these quirky characters around her and uh yeah and it's just being dr- the movie's just being driven by uh the score and it's just a really nice one it's a nice one to listen to good one to to listen to while working uh and yeah i, I figured I'd, I'd throw that one out there because picking picking scores was tough but i tried to get more of a i was so close to putting like another morricone from a <laughs> Lee and Lee film but i was like ah, come on, I've, i feel like i've I've beaten that into the ground yeah. too much, so yeah, this is this is me uh, this is me changing it up a bit um, to to a really nice score from a, from a pretty good movie. So yeah, I still need to see uh, Amelie. So when I will do, I will know what you <laughs> what you are talking about. It's a it's a feel good movie. Yeah, for sure. yeah, that yeah that helps. Yeah, right. That's my my number five for scores. All right. Next one I will go with. I just want to be able to have the man's name up, you know, or woman. Yeah, either one. He, she, <laughs> him, her. Either one. Uh, <laughs> it's a score by uh, David Holmes uh, that uh, you know of. Uh, it's the score of Ocean's Eleven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just went with this because um it's a movie that has been in my mind a lot uh this year. I just I just I just you know love this movie i like uh everything mm-hmm. about it i love how uh the rhythm of this movie and the feel of this movie and uh just under all of the all of that is just this like really slick really smooth jazzy score which is like uh the underbelly of this incredibly well lit uh <laughs> well lit movie <laughs> uh constantly and where you just see every actor in this stunning light under the uh, under this stunning casino light at the Bellagio, and then just has this smooth jazz where you're like, you know, you know, it's a great movie, and I'm I, this score is pretty good too, you know. <laughs> they just go hand. I'm having a good time. They just go hand hand in hand. Yeah, it's just I, it's not like a score that I listen to ever on my own, um, but like, I don't know. I think it's a score that's just really worthy of. Uh, worthy of bringing up um and totally yeah and it just goes that is really a great well with oceans 11 when i think like off the top of my head of scores i really like that's not one that comes to mind right yeah. away but right when you said it i was yeah like oh yeah yeah it's a, it's it's a cool such score a, like a cool movie cool score yeah. to go along it's with all, it. it's like yeah. the perfect everything score. in that movie is so uh honed in and like fits together perfectly yeah 
I just thinking of like the score when they're uh, sort of like explaining what every how everything's going yeah work yeah for all the exposition yeah. all the exposition scenes that are just yeah. so good yeah it fits so well nice that's a good pick yeah cool uh all right so my my number four piggy piggy piggybacking yeah piggyback uh-huh piggybacking off of uh uh the feel-good movie of amelie i'm going with the even more feel-goody movie of my neighbor totoro <laughs> and that uh that score which um i didn't remember it from uh when i when i first saw my neighbor totoro but i looked it up today and i started listening to it and man just it gives you good those good vibes that uh that totoro gives you because <laughs> <laughs> it's another i see i've been i've been i've been down lately so i i need these like really nice pleasant uh things to listen i've to. never even and i don't think i've it. actually seen my neighbor to- totoro but i assume the score has a lot of flutes in it uh yeah it does have a lot of flutes in it there's some like that um there's some so when i first listened to just the score uh it sounds like when you walk into and it, and it feels like when you walk into disney world and you're like on main street and there's this uh just like this music playing and it's like really like bouncy mm. this bouncy like brass and triumphant dun, 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 and dun, 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 dun. yeah <laughs> Yeah, it feels like you like you opened this like door to this like, magical world. It's kind of like the music in that one uh, anime movie. What's that? What's that one? Ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but the you know the the one anime movie. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, I've actually been watching uh, instead of movies. I've been watching some anime lately, so that's probably why this caught caught my eye. Yeah, yeah, too. But uh, yeah, there's this other one of the first songs on the uh, on the in the score is called "The Village in May," and I yeah I challenge anyone to listen to that song, and and to not be like happy mm. and to not be in a good mood after listening to that okay. song. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, I, so I think I've only seen two Miyazaki movies, this and Spirited Away, and they're both just feel those feel good movies. But uh, yeah, the the totoro soundtrack is so good and it's definitely now it's going to be a staple for me like when i need to focus and just work on awesome. something it's going to be one of those so highly recommend the watch and the listen All right. for my name I, I, I will i will no. <laughs> um nice all right so my next one my um my number three uh it's a it's a soundtrack slash score um that i got really into recently it's uh the soundtrack and score of funny people Lot of points to 
me down I'll walk sweet take before you go Um, the funny, the funny people's score. Not one that sticks out to me. I can't happens remember that one. like some a lot. Some of the songs happen to be done by Jason Schwartzman, who has a band. Mm. Um, Coconut yeah, Records. Coca- yeah, yeah, and they're they're solid. I like. I, th- I, d- I, I love dig Coconut them. Records. Yeah, I yeah. dig them a lot. And Funny People's like a movie I've always just I've loved like always. Um, but I watched it recently, like a couple months ago. And I realized, I'm like, wow, I love the music in this movie. Like, every needle drop, like, really goes well with every scene um, and kind of plays a big part in it, more th- more than I think you realize. And um, so I've just been listening to it uh, since then. Um, and it, it's just, yeah, it's become a way, like, in a way, an, a soundtrack and score that I listen to to feel better and uh get things done um i can name mm-hmm. some tracks off of it uh like there's it starts with a song called great day but with uh by paul mccartney um it's got a song all the king's horses by robert plant um it's got Ca- james taylor is there performing carolina uh in my mind uh Classic. <laughs> great scene um and then there's that that scene where Adam Sandler breaks down to "Keep Me in Your Heart" by Warren Zevon. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And also key to this score, it um, is that Adam Sandler contributes multiple songs uh, that are just really great. Uh, like there's there's that song where he's called "Real Love," where he's like jamming with his, the people he pays to jam with. And then they just mm. they go through a montage of him kind of like thinking about his life after that. And I and this the song is actually just really good and I and really uh, meaningful for that montage. And uh, uh, yeah, um, and there's also the one where uh, George Simmons will soon be gone, which he performs at the comedy club, which is just kind of a a really classic like Adam Sandler song, just like yeah, kind of uh, just I remember that really one. great display of like funny and dark, like, which is something that Adam Sandler doesn't always do. Um, and I, it was kind of like, uh, kind of just feels as like a testament to Sandler and his career. How will you people live without me? Who will bring you joy when I'm gone? Cause I'm one funny man. I bring the comedy. I am the one you go to to get cheered up. (laughs) Put in my movies. Escape, if you will, to a land of yeah and also the score the nice. score is really good it's like sounds kind of like a an apatow score but i don't know i think it i think it works really well for the drop dra- dramatic scenes in this movie nice yeah yeah i feel like this movie caught people off guard because it's got uh you know adam sandler seth rogan and it's judd apatow but it's really pretty dark yeah and yeah uh, it's a really uh yeah, it's really it's really smart though. movie mm-hmm yeah, I, I never really took into account the uh, the soundtrack and the score there, but that 
Um, it's also got uh, Jesus, etc. This is one of my favorite Wilco songs. Yeah, yeah, because there's a there. big thread where Seth's trying to get Aubrey Plaza to go to a Wilco concert with him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, that was three. All right, so my number three. And this one. So I'm, uh, I'm unashamed to be someone who's really into a good synth score <laughs> and uh especially after just rewatching uncut jazz yeah. which has a great great score uh i i had to go with this one uh because i remember i actually listened to our old episode of our top scores and soundtracks and we both talked about blade runner and we didn't include it uh and i'm still not including it now <laughs> although i love that one <laughs> but i instead went with thief the michael mann movie um, the Tangerine Dream oh. score. I forgot Thief. that that was a Tangerine Dream score. Yeah, and I, I mean, the score to Thief um, just adds so much to the movie and just the atmosphere and mm. just that that gritty that criminal underworld. Yeah, that vibe. gritty '80s crime movie feel to yeah. it. It's just so perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had to, I had to pick it over something like Blade Runner just because I think I would listen to this more often, uh, you know, mm. in my free time. And uh, I love a good score by Tangerine Dream too. And uh, I actually um, was looking up more about the score, and uh, the movie was nominated for a Razzie Award for worst musical score. And I <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> as you're like wow let's learn more about this score God, i love one of my favorites i love it so much and it was nominated for a razzie which i mean i could see if someone's not really into into that sort of thing then um it can it can be a little over the top maybe but uh no i love i love a good synth i love a good synth so yeah some soundtracks for our scores from the 80s that are electronic don't they kind of don't age as well into their mm-hmm. uh you know, into today, but I I don't know. Tangerine Dream ones always work for me. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, there's there's definitely some '80s movies that have just yeah, like '80s ridiculous. Tom Cruise movies has yes. that like disco synth stuff that you're like, this is totally the old. This movie music did not influence anything because we don't hear any of it today. Yeah, and you can't believe that that's what people listen to in the '80s. Um, yeah, but yeah. The I, a Tangerine Dream, yeah, they always or it's just like a stereotypical trip. sound for popular music of the time or yeah something of that nature. Trying to go with whatever the popular formula is at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's uh, yeah, that's Thief for me. You know, my number three nice. score. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my next one is also a rule breaker. Oh man. Um. <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> it's two uh, 2019 movies. All right, uh, that I modern. I have yeah modern that I've <laughs> talked I've talked about a lot recently, but I haven't gone as in depth to the music as I could. So I will be I bring it up the Beach Bum 
uh, score and soundtrack and the soundtrack of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, yeah, I got... (laughs) I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on my soundtracks list, too. So, great pull. Yeah, we we definitely have plenty to talk about there. But I think I went with both. I put both of these together mainly because... the soundtracks are so feel good mm-hmm. and they're from this year um and the score the score in um the beach bomb is also very feel good um but let's let's pull up the soundtrack oh yeah a lot of jimmy buffett yeah the like the beach bomb starts off with like a pirate looks at 40 by jimmy buffett um and it, there's this one song in, um, that I've been listening to lately. The next song, Key Largo, uh, by Bertie Higgins. Uh, I've been listening to that song a lot lately for some reason. around each other trying so hard to stay it's just like really joyful it's really good um two tickets to paradise i always think of michael yeah, scott of course of, of yeah. course that's in this movie <laughs> um there's also a song called on and on by stephen bishop that i really like um it's during they scene the scene in the beach bum where like zach efron's dancing with this giant like trans trans woman yeah and it's and it's and yeah it's it's just like a great it's like a a scene i always laugh at and the song is always just so perfect for it for some reason um and then the movie ends on into the mystic by van morrison uh which is just awesome what a classic yes yeah so yeah, I just think uh, the Beachwoman uh, soundtrack is very, uh, it's just like, it sticks in your head and it also enhances uh, the movie it's in and uh, it was picked very well for uh, what the Beach Bum is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, yeah, that's the Beach Bum. It also has uh, Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot, which yeah, yeah. is a song I love and it's also used in uh, Knives Out. Oh, for real! Another 2019 movie. Yeah. All right. So for once upon for Hollywood, uh, I mean, I think we both love how it the movie starts off with "Treat Her Right" by Roy Head. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think when I first think of uh, watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and now like Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt just as people. I literally just think of that like that riff in Treater Right, you know, yeah. just that it's just like the most perfect uh start uh to a movie. <laughs> It gets me like amped up. I'm Illegit, like, like yes. right now, like when I'm picturing like Brad Pitt pulling out of their uh, spot with Leo and it's lighting a cigarette and that and the the opening riff of Treater Right beginning, I get like goosebumps thinking oh, of it. I just so think good. it's it's just that great. Yeah, I think Quentin does a really good job of just um, 
matching music with moments in this movie um because yeah like ones like that ha- like, like moments like that at the beginning have to be planned because they're just so good yeah uh, music is such a integral part of the movie too uh it's used like yeah um i mean very very obviously a huge part of it because they even include the khj los angeles like that i love that when they do that <laughs> yeah, and yeah, get into yeah, a yeah. song yeah uh yeah and it's just it just it puts you in that that old 60s hollywood uh yeah. world it's yeah yeah, it's so great. And then the soundtrack just keeps going from there, and then you, 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 yeah, it just doesn't stop. It's, like, such a part of this movie. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I'm looking at the the soundtrack on Spotify, and it's just so long, too. Yeah, because it's such a, a big th- one. three-hour movie, yeah. and there's a song in every scene. <laughs> yeah, and Hush by Deep Purple. Um son of 11 man and there's one that i didn't know of uh before this movie uh, los bravos bring a little lovin i didn't know that song bring a before. little lovin yeah, yeah and that's i think it was using the trailer so yeah, and it's it's so i think it's good. mainly for the trailer yeah mm-hmm. and then i think in the movie they they kind of it goes over it a little bit more mm-hmm. like it's just like heard on the radio is like brad pitt's driving and yeah. picks up uh I think the song that stands out the most, like for me, that I just can't stop thinking about though, is um, "Out of Time" by the Rolling Stones. Mm. I, I can't yeah. like this, if I get thinking about "Out of Time" and this movie, I just I just start thinking about it for like thirty minutes. I'm like, "Is it so great when Leo's <laughs> dri- when Brad Pitt's driving Leo and his Italian wife, and it's playing "Out of Time"? Yeah, it's like." Uh, I, I I get re- I get um I get religious <laughs> about my movie <laughs> my movie uh, passions when I think of that. Yeah, it's like life changing. It is. I'm just like, yeah, as they're just driving back from Italy, and you could tell it's like their their pat their uh their time is done. <laughs> yeah, they're out of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just so so great. Have you ever seen that Studio Binder? You ever watched Studio Binder? No, what is that though? Well, they they, they kind of it's like kind of a lot of like director analysis shit, but they mm-hmm. but they give like insight insight into uh, certain directors, and I was watching one on Mar- Martin Scorsese, and it shows how in when he was planning Goodfellas, uh, he like writes down the song "Sunshine of Your Love." for a shot for the shot of robert de niro you know smoking the cigarette and staring down um maury mm-hmm. um and yeah it's just like a I, I think it was like footage or something like that where yeah it just shows him do that he just goes like oh right down sunshine right down sunshine there like which is how that moment was like planned out and it's like one of those classic like movie movie moments yeah that's uh that's... and i think quentin does a lot of that here is Totally, totally, yeah. That's funny because so in college I would drive home. uh, My friend who he's from, he was from Villa Park, so I would like give him a ride back home from college, and we would listen to music, and we would talk about like, uh, like there would be a song that would come on and be like, oh, if I if I made a movie, this would be like the opening 
this would be like the <laughs> opening scene or whatever and like yeah, yeah and that yeah. i feel like is it kind of relates to what scorsese does like oh write down sunshine every love uh sunshine yeah. every love like that's where you'd want to put that that song yeah quentin definitely uh yeah he, he knocked it out of the he park does, he does it right yeah he's yeah. been doing it right his whole career with the music drops yeah. always so good uh okay wait so that was that was my number two two all right so my number two is one that i know you know i know that everyone knows (laughs) (laughs) and uh i went with the john williams score last time we did it i went with raiders of the lost ark which still it's probably my favorite overall john williams score but uh this one i had to go with because i watched it recently and i think it is uh yeah just one of the best movie franchise scores one of, i would put it in my top five probably and that's harry potter oh okay. specifically harry potter and uh the sorcerer's stone i guess because it's no 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 i just think i think that's such a great uh well okay so i'm not a huge harry potter fan i i really like the movies but I, you know, I never read the books, and I was never a, a Harry Potter fan growing up, really. But uh, I still saw the movies. Uh, but one of the things I like most about Harry Potter is just the world of it, the wiz- yeah. the Wizarding World. And uh, obviously, John Williams is just one of the best to do it. And uh, I, I just think the Harry Potter theme is just so perfect for this um mysterious magical uh little world that they have in harry potter and hogwarts and uh yeah i I just i love it i love the little bells in the beginning that are very eerie and yeah yeah uh and i just think it's uh i just remember it like sucking me in as a kid to this world i was like holy shit yeah exactly it's it's one of those that uh yeah I, I just i can't get enough of and it just bring yeah it brings me into this world and it's it's uh it's it's kind of like an immersive score i don't know yeah it's i just yeah. had to include a john williams one on here again and uh and harry potter's one i i watched recently so i had to i had to put it in there i saw a video recently i was watching like the making of the phantom menace or something like that Mm-hmm. And it shows John Williams um, conducting for the duel of the fates. Oh yeah, and it's pretty fucking great. You're <laughs> just like looking at this orchestra. There's so many people, so many like strings, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, do these people realize like what an iconic thing they are making? Yeah, <laughs> like that. People, how many people are going to be like, remember this forever and like being associated with like Darth Maul and everything. It, like the Darth Maul fight, just how epic that like score is that they're recording right now. Yeah. <laughs> and just the, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. Yeah. Cause the, and then there's a choir going like, Oh no, yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's like the score is so like ingrained in my memory. And, um, I've just I've heard it so many times. So to like just now watch a group of people perform it was too much for me. I just like couldn't handle. It. I'm like, how is this? At? What? Yeah. <laughs> this is actually made by people. No. Yeah. Right. And you see all the people involved. Yeah. You only all just all the moving parts of it. You only ever you know talk about John Williams, just the composer of anything. But then yeah, that's a good point. You see 
all the people that actually yeah. have to make it work and there's like you know yeah. one guy who plays bassoon and he's like oh yeah i played on the the star wars score and like eh, <laughs> yeah yeah right nobody cares like that's john williams not you i was one of the 26 cellos yeah. on duel of the fates yeah. <laughs> and that's like an amazing thing to have yeah. on your resume but then seriously but then you know the just the regular world just doesn't care about your individual performance but yeah it's it's well, yeah what a thing to be a part of yeah it's amazing stuff yeah cool that's my number two all right well my number one is uh it's for a movie i watched in the past week oh. um and it's also it's also another adam sandler movie sandman so i've got two sandler scores Jack and Jill. Um, <laughs> what was that director's name from The Office? Uh, the off the the director who was Michael Scott. Oh, uh, Dennis, Dennis Dugan. Dennis Dugan, yeah. Good old Dennis. All Dugan. right. So the score I chose is Punch Drunk Love. I'm just trying to find the composer mm. right now. John Brian. John Brian, yeah. John Brian, John Brian. Yeah, so I feel like last time I probably had a Paul Thomas Anderson score and I think uh There will be blood. Going Was it for yeah. me? Yeah, I, I, okay. I listened to that episode again so I could remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I I yeah, wow. I didn't I don't remember doing that, but okay, cool. Um <laughs> I, yeah, and I, I think going forward, I will just keep doing uh, Paul Thomas Anderson scores because each one I've listened to a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think this one, the pun, the punch drunk love one, is uh, like different than uh, the rest of his scores in a way. Um, but also, but almost more uh, connected with uh, the film than any of his movies, I think. Um, because I've learned through uh, just listening to interviews and stuff that Paul Thomas Anderson was kind of going for a uh, like a musical quality to Punch Drunk Love. Like a lot of things that inspired it was like Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies, apparently. Hmm. And it, I I think it's like it probably throws people off when I say that a. Uh, a movie with like where they're never breaking out into any song whatsoever is like a is a musical but i think that like movies like punch drunk love and little women uh like show that that you can have like a musical quality or even be in a way a musical just by like having a movie that is so associated with the soundtrack and have like and where the characters have like they move with a dance like quality you know where the blocking is just so specific that it's almost like a dance mm-hmm. and that's some that's definitely a thing i saw in punch drunk love like all the blocking with adam sandler is so um like funny and 
also like beautiful and well rehearsed and just really on rhythm with all the music that is in in the movie and a lot of the score is very just like uh it's kind of like percussiony or like sound of weird sound effecty where it's just like weird clanks that are just going with the weird scene that adam sandler's in where he's like selling whatever at his business <laughs> um and it, it yeah i just i just think the score just it just goes really well with um uh the weird unique vibe that uh punch drunk love is and it's really just contributes to being making punch drunk love such a uh unique movie um and it's it's a very re-listenable just soundtrack yeah it puts you in the world of it yeah i didn't remember this one that much either but i just spent i just started playing a little bit of it and punch drunk melody is super good yeah it, yeah, it brings me the... back to to my first watch of punch drunk oh and Love. you yeah, yeah yeah i and then there's that one song at the end with like the he needs me he needs me you know? oh yeah 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 that's like one that sticks in your head when you watch it yeah, no, it definitely makes there's definitely plenty of movies that there's no singing, there's no big huge dance numbers, but they're still yeah, they still feel like a musical yeah. just with its essence and yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good pick. Uh all right. So my number one, uh last time I also brought up a score from this gentleman and I have another honorable mention cuz it couldn't decide which one to put here but uh it's bernard herman and it's psycho so last time i went with vertigo um but my honorable mention here is is taxi driver and it was it was hard not to put that one in there, but Psycho, I just I had to I had to put it my number one for this uh, this episode because it's just so iconic, and mm-hmm. I just I love the opening title sequence um, where you know those strings are just going yeah yeah it's yeah. just oh it's just so perfect for and you just hear that you know the same theme throughout the whole movie and it's just so fitting and haunting it just just makes you so tense and it's like the one of the most stressful like things one time it was on the radio when when i was in my in hawaii with my family and it was just the da, 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 da. And I'm like, this is like stressing me out. Yeah. Well, it's like, like Janet Lee is it, just driving down the highway and then, and the yeah. score is going and it's like, she's just driving. Like, obviously yeah. she's, she's got yeah, something that, to hide. That but. score go is like perfection with just Janet Lee driving and that whole sequence. Like, yeah. And she's so paranoid. And then you're like, Oh my God, what is like, what is going on right now? What is happening? Yeah. It's, uh, it's just make it makes me miss uh just want to see more of opening title sequences like i love a good Saul bass title sequence uh criterion just put out a collection of Saul bass title sequences. i saw that yeah um just with like this musical overture over it i just i love that 
that old Hollywood type of thing. And I do, yeah. I do love the opening title sequences. Like if I miss some, cause I could like, if I miss them, cause I go to the bathroom or something, like I'll like rewind it so I can start the movie yeah. properly and just look through all the credits. Yeah. And I saw North by Northwest in the theater a couple years ago. And that's another, uh, I believe it's Bernard Herman, but another great opening title sequence, Saul Bass again. And it's just seeing that in the theater, it's like, wow, yeah. I, I would like kill to see um, a movie back in, you know, the 50s uh, or 60s when this was more like prominent. Um, so, yeah, Psycho. It's uh, it's a number one. It's an icon. Everyone knows it. <laughs> Bernard uh, Herman. Shout out Bernard a, Herman. A legend. Our dog. These next ones, except for one are um a mix of scores and soundtracks okay this can be more of like an honorable mention i guess um but okay i'll I'll bring up a few of these um one of them that i was gonna have is napoleon dynamite which we talked about before yeah it it threw me off that there wasn't i thought because i thought we were just doing the uh the last five so i was like wait where's napoleon dynamite he said something (laughs) about napoleon dynamite yeah napoleon dynamite so i originally wouldn't have thought to put this in there but but yeah, the Napoleon Dynamite is uh it's such good music. It really gets the emotion out of you that you like like you said how yeah. the ending is so touching. So the ending, yeah, the ending alone would get me the, to put this yeah. in there because music for a found harmonium. Yes. Which is a song I listen to all the time. It's such like a driving uplifting song. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's a perfect song for when you're like on a journey, something, you know, and, uh, and it's, it's the perfect way to end Napoleon Dynamite. It's just see this montage of everything's working out for all these just weird characters. Pedro's getting it's great when Pedro just stares. He's like, he's just like smiling at how everything went well. He looks like he looks up and he just stares, like looking up, as if like (laughs) Napoleon died and he's in heaven and he's like looking up at him. And then, uh, yeah, Napoleon watches Kip and LaFonda get on the bus, and like for the first time the whole movie, Napoleon like smiles, has like a genuine smile on his face. Yeah, Uh, Uncle Rico's like ex girlfriend comes back to see him. Uh, yeah yeah all everything works out and then napoleon finally gets someone to play tetherball with him when deb uh shows up on the playground and it ends and then the the credit song too i can't think of it now it's so good but uh and besides that there's like like uh i don't know what it is it's a pretty well-known song um and besides those songs too it has like this very uh um loungy uh elevator music score yeah like the yeah, so a lot of yeah. the organ yeah. stuff like synth organ stuff exactly yeah yeah and, and i love how it, it opens with that song by the white stripes we're going to be uh I we're going to be friends we are gonna be friends yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. I, as a kid i always loved that opening montage so much i mean just the opening like credits of all the food and yeah, yeah that song and a lot of times it's it just seems like it's a really dumb pointless movie but it's <laughs> yeah. still that's so that's kind of what's so that's what's like genius about it is cuz it yeah. all it actually like works it works and it's yeah it's really heartwarming and uh that's uh yeah 
that's it I, that's all of it I always love doing this because I think this is starting to give me the bug again to watch more movies because just talking <laughs> about like the music from all these movies is making me yeah. want to rewatch yeah it's a great way to uh, to also like keep the topic of movies but yet also just open up to music like 100% you know it's mm-hmm. like it becomes like a movie show i mean uh, a music show in a way because soundtracks you're just bringing up all these artists that are all these soundtracks and stuff mm-hmm. uh, yeah no we're, we're 